0: Thank you for listening to Enabled this week. MD Support. All the information for this program comes from a website called MD Support. They describe themselves as the eyes of the macular degeneration community. The website has links to all kinds of resources, and it also has some very informative and entertaining writing. The first part, informative, will be an article titled, Our Amazing Eyes. The uh, entertaining part will come later. Now that first article, Our Amazing Eyes, it was written by Dan Roberts, who is the founding director of the website mdsupport.org. Eyes are thought to have first developed in animals in a very basic form around 550 million years ago. Since then, they have become the second most complex organ, after the brain. We hear all the time about the wonderful ways our brains work for us, but our peepers sometimes don't get the respect they deserve. To help resolve that, I am going to provide some interesting and maybe surprising facts that I have collected about our eyes. Before I do, however, here's a little review of what makes our eyes so amazing. The eye is composed of more than 2 million working parts. Those parts directly responsible for seeing are the retina, the optic nerve, iris, lens, and cornea. All of those seeing parts work together to capture images as electrical data and transmit them to the brain. And that is where the data is translated into what we call eyesight and then it's interpreted and stored in our memories. So actually, we may be looking with our eyes, but we are seeing with our brains. The retina, the retina which receives and processes light, is like wet seven-layered tissue paper lining the inside back of the eyeball. It contains about 107 million light-sensitive cells. Some 7 million cone cells which help us see color and details, are packed into the center of the retina, an area called the retina. About 100 million rod cells, which help us see in the dark, are found mostly outside of the macula. Because of the shape of the eye's lens, the retina actually perceives images upside down. In addition to being upside down, the images arrive at the retina split in half and distorted. Fortunately, this is all sorted out by the brain before it realizes what we are looking at. The retina is connected to the brain by the optic nerve, which is actually a bundle of more than a million nerve fibers enclosed in a protective sheath like electrical wires in a conduit each eye has a small natural blind spot off to the side where the optic nerve enters but it's not a problem because the brain uses the information from the other eye to fill that gap two eyeballs give us stereoscopic or 3d vision this allows us to separate images from the background something we call depth perception there are, however, other ways to perceive depth. Slightly rotating the head side to side, for example, will achieve the same purpose. Not very helpful while playing uh, ping pong, but useful when v- viewing a stationary scene. The iris is the colored part of the eye that has inspired many songs. You remember some of these. Five foot two, eyes of blue, green eyes. Don't it make my brown eyes blue, blue Spanish eyes, and even one called beautiful brown eyes. This is to name just a few. Like the shutter of a camera, the iris opens and closes to allow more or less light to shine through the pupil and onto the retina. While a fingerprint has 40 unique characteristics, an iris has 256. For that reason, eye scans are increasingly being used for security purposes. A flexible lens at the front of the eye focuses the light from the images onto the retina. If the muscles connected to the lens are working properly, and if the lens remains clear and flexible, focusing is as automatic as breathing. The lens is protected by the clear covering of the cornea, which, interestingly, is the only human tissue that doesn't contain blood. The only human tissue that doesn't contain blood. I don't think I knew that. But more about the cornea, it's kept safe and healthy by the eyelids, by your tears and eyelashes. At the same time, the eyelids, iris and eyebrows help protect the retina from uncomfortably bright light. So our eyes are perfectly suited to our visual needs, and we certainly put them to the task. In the average lifetime, human eyes will see up to 24 million different images. They are on call, 24-7, and if they are genetically sound and continually well-maintained, they should last a lifetime. Unfortunately, due to progress in medical science, Many humans are now outlasting the eyeball's built-in lifespan, which means that visual impairment is becoming increasingly more common in older people. Knowing all of this ought to give us a healthy respect for our amazing eyes. But if that's not enough, here are some more facts that I hope you will find interesting. Eyelid blinking is an unconscious activity that helps keep your eyeballs moist and clean. On the average, you blink 17 times a minute, but it's possible to blink five times in a single second. Did you know that you blink an average of 4,200,000 times in one year? Did you know that you blink more when you talk and even more when you lie? Did you know your average blink lasts for only about one-tenth of a second? Did you know you spend about about 10% of your waking hours with your eyes closed from blinking? And did you know your eyes become tired when you read or stare at the computer? And that's because you tend to blink less often. It is, however, not your eyeball that's tired. It's actually the muscles and tissues surrounding it that grow weary from overuse. What color are your eyes? If they're brown, you are in the vast majority. Blue-eyed people share a single ancestor with all other blue-eyed people around the world. All humans originally had brown eyes, but there was a genetic mutation about six to 10,000 years ago causing a person who lived near the Black Sea to lack enough melanin in his or her iris, and this created the first case of blue eyes. Blue eyes exist under all brown eyes, but that person's iris color simply did not fully develop. The blue eye mutation seems to be disappearing. About half of Americans born at the turn of the 20th century, had blue eyes. But today, only about one in six Americans has them. And that's not bad news, because blue eyes tend to be more sensitive to light and less resistant to the damage that it can cause. Blue-eyed people, for example, are more at risk for developing macular degeneration and therefore need to take extra precautions. Incidentally, if your eyes are green, you are in a tiny minority. It's estimated that only 2% of all humans have green eyes, making it the rarest eye color. And that's because to create a green-eyed baby, a person with the rare blue eyes would have to hook up with a person with even more rare green eyes. Now next from various sources are some random interesting trivia that you may or may not have heard. There are 15 of them listed here. Number one, under the right conditions and lighting, humans with normal vision can see the flame of a candle from 14 miles away. Number two, it takes only about two-tenths of a second for your brain to perceive an image seen by your eye. That's why when something happens quickly, We say, in the blink of an eye, two-tenths of a second for your brain to perceive the image. Number three, your eye is constantly making tiny jerking movements called microsaccades. I should spell that for you, M-I-C-R-O-S-A-C-C-A-D-E-S. These are tiny jerking movements, microsicades, to stop images from fading away. You will notice this if you try to hold your gaze perfectly still while fixating on a point in space. Trivia number four. A healthy eye can distinguish approximately 1,000 shades of color, and it can identify over 10 million colors under a single viewing condition. Crayola has a long way to go in naming all of those colors. Number five, dogs are the only non-human species known to read your emotions by looking at your eyes. Cats might be able to learn how, but, the author says, I don't think they care. Number six, each of your eyelashes has a lifespan of about five months, and the total length of all your eyelashes shed in a normal lifetime will amount to over 98 feet. Trivia number seven. Everyone has one eye that's slightly stronger than the other. This so-called dominant eye is responsible for most of the visual input into your brain. If you have enough central vision in both eyes, you can discover your eye dominance by first forming a circle, like the, single, the signal you make for this, the OK sign, and you put your thumb and the index finger of either hand, and then you peer through the circles at an object in front of you and you slowly move the circle toward your face while keeping the object in sight. The eye that your fingers encircle is probably your dominant eye. Trivia number eight. People with right eye dominance are normally also right-handed, and vice versa. If you are right-handed and left-eye dominant, or left-handed and right-eye dominant, You may be cross-dominant, a condition that can cause developmental difficulties in children. Number nine, like your skin, your eyes can get sunburned. They will usually recover within a couple of days, but overexposure to the sun over time can also damage your retina, and that will not recover. Number ten, contrary to an old wives' tale, it is possible to sneeze with your eyes open. But don't worry about sneezing your eyes out. That can't happen. Number 11, reading in dim lighting does not damage your eyesight any more than listening to soft music will damage your hearing. You could, however, develop temporary eye strain from insufficient lighting. Number 12, if you are nearsighted, gently pulling back on the corners of your eyes can help you focus. This slightly changes the shape of your eyeballs, thus altering the focal point of the light rays onto your retina. Number 13, another way to improve your focus is to gaze through a pinhole. This reduces the blur around an image, making it clearer. If you have central vision and at least one eye, you can make a quick pinhole viewer by forming that OK sign with both hands and touching your joined fingertips together. Number 14, about 80% of a sighted person's sensory input is received through the eyes. If the eyes stop working, however, most of that can be handled by one or more of the other four senses. Many people around the world are dealing with this, including about 39 people who are blind and roughly six times that many who endure some kind of vision impairment. Number 15, the last of the trivia contributions here. In the U.S., inherited forms of retinal disease affect approximately 200,000 Americans, whereas age-related macular degeneration affects 5 million to 10 million Americans. The good news is that 80% of vision problems worldwide are avoidable or even curable, the author says, Many problems can be avoided by a lifetime of following good health and eye safety practices. Others are now being cured through surgeries and drug interventions. The most difficult conditions are those that are genetic, but science is making important strides toward eliminating those. The seemingly impossible, therefore, becomes possible thanks to the highly complex partnership of the human eyes and the brain. And the benefits of such a partnership extend well beyond hitting fastballs. The human eye is one of the most intricate living organs on earth. Yet we can easily forget about our astounding gift of sight until we lose it all or in part. The human eyeball cannot yet be transplanted, but they are working on it. In the meantime, thankfully, some of its parts can be repaired. A lens can be replaced with a plastic one, a cornea can be transplanted, and a torn retina can be fixed. These are wonderful contributions from medical science, but as citizens of an increasingly aging population, we are challenged to make our eyes and our brains last longer than their original expectancy. Our warranties may have long since expired, and spare parts are hard to find, but we are fortunate. If we still have, no matter how rusty and worn they may be, our amazing eyes. This was an essay written by Dan Roberts, who is the founding director of MD Support, a website. Now, for the entertaining part of this um, program, I'll make a bold statement. Low vision can be really funny. Well, I can hear you saying, what's so funny about low vision? That's actually the title of the next article. It's also written by Dan Roberts. He starts by saying, What's so funny about low vision? Nothing really, but some humor can come from living with it. You know, those gaffes and missteps which may not be funny to anyone who hasn't lived with visual impairment, but which can make us grin when we realize we are not the only ones who commit them. Lord Byron wrote, Always laugh when you can. It's cheap medicine. And recent research has shown that it actually does make you healthier. This article, therefore, is dedicated to humor, featuring contributions from people in our internet community who understand visual impairment firsthand. It won't cure what ails us, but it might be one of the best treatments we will ever get. Then he starts by saying, I'd like to start with a short poem by a person named Marion. She calls it macular mayhem. I feel my life is all a blur. I cannot tell a him from a her. I once approached a garbage pail and thought it was an attractive male. And since I'm a friendly soul, I wave and smile at every pole. And this is just the normal state of a macular degenerate. Thanks, Mary, and it's good to know that I'm not the only one who talks to inanimate objects. Faux pas like that abound in the strange world of ours. Like this one from Sharon, who wrote to us and says, We were listening to a guest speaker at church, and the topic was, Are you desperate enough for God? It was a powerful message, and I was quite moved. As we entered into the greeting area, I went up to a friend of mine and gave him a hug, and then leaned in and whispered into his ear, Are you desperate enough? When I pulled back and realized that this was not my friend, but some elderly gentleman I had never met, I blushed and moved right along. I can only imagine how well this story got around at the senior men's breakfast. A somewhat similar story was contributed by a woman named Mary. She writes My husband deliberately wore a bright yellow shirt when we went shopping. "'That made it easier for me to find him in a crowd. "'Well, I found a perfect purchase, "'but I realized I didn't bring enough cash. "'So I approached the yellow shirt and said, "'I don't have any money. Could I have your billfold?' "'A strange voice said, "'What?' "'Oh,' I said, "'I'm uh, sorry. I thought you were my husband.' Well, this African-American gentleman looked at my fair-skinned Irish mate and said, uh, no, I'm not your husband, but it looks like we have the same good taste in shirts. Or like when Jenny thought something terrible was happening to her recently treated right eye. She keeps her reading glasses attached to a chain around her neck, and while preparing the evening meal, she put them on to see better. Jenny began to panic when she noticed that her vision was much worse and her eye was beginning to sting and water. She described this to her husband as calmly as possible, but real tears were also starting to flow. Her husband smiled and gently removed her glasses to show her that a big thin slice of onion was nestled in the bottom curve of the lens. Next, a person named Vera wrote about the night she rolled over in bed to see what time it was. Her clock was always brightly lit, but that night she couldn't see it at all. She panicked and woke up her husband by yelling, I can't see! He sat straight up in bed, and then he started to laugh. Now she was screaming, Didn't you hear what I said? I can't see! Calmly he said, Neither can I, sweetheart. Our electricity is off. And another time, the same Vera wrote, I was taking my daily walk to the bank from my office. The big clock on the bank sign was always my point of reference as I got closer. But that day, when I got to where I could usually see it, I couldn't. When I drew closer, I still couldn't see it. My heart started racing. I was scared silly. When I got to the entrance, I saw that the clock wasn't even there it had been removed for repairs well now considering Vera's luck with clocks um, maybe she should just buy a talking watch we all have trouble locating our keys finding our cell phones and trying to change TV channels because we're holding the remote backwards but I'll bet every one of us can the first time every time from three feet away hit the snooze button on our alarms why is that Shirley keeps calling her son-in-law to come over and get rid of snakes in her yard. One of them turned out to be a long scarf that blew out of someone's car window. Another uh, snake was some black tubing left by her landscapers. She says she's afraid now that no one will believe her if a snake really does show up. A woman named Pam decided to make a stir fry. She threw pieces of chicken and the other ingredients into a white bowl, mixed them up together, and heated it all up for dinner. Turns out the bowl she used had a bunch of sugar in the bottom of it, so dinner was provided by McDonald's that night. Dina thought she was going blind when the lens fell out of one side of her glasses. James thought his vision in both eyes had gone overnight until he realized his bedroom window had frosted over. A woman named Carol thought her bag of almonds had gone bad until she realized that she had popped a handful into her mouth along with her multivitamin. Well, it's not so bad when we don't recognize things, but when we don't recognize people, that can be a social nightmare. One Monday morning, while waiting my turn in the post office, I saw Sheila, a fellow teacher at the counter. It has been over 25 years since my retirement, but that was Sheila, all right. I couldn't quite make out her face, but she was talking a blue streak, as usual, to the postal clerk about something or other, and I would know that voice anywhere. By way of greeting her, I very loudly joked, You know, if some people weren't so gabby, the rest of us might get faster service here. To which I expected good old Sheila to bite back at me with something like, And if you weren't so crotchety, you could have gotten here before I did. Then everyone in line would have had a great healthy laugh at our antics, and this particular Monday morning would have become a little lighter. However, it wasn't Sheila. I don't know who she was. She just gathered her purse and whispered, "'I'm sorry, sir,' and she slipped quietly away. "'All I know is that my mumbled apology meant zip to her and everyone else in line, "'and I'll never be able to show my face in that post office again. "'So I decided to become a social hermit. Yep, if I couldn't be trusted in public, "'I would just stay home and communicate by telephone. "'Then, at least, I wouldn't have an excuse to say, "'To whom am I speaking?' And even when we think we have everything under control, we somehow still seem to find ways to draw unwelcome attention to ourselves. Take Sharon, for example. Now, this is another Sharon, not the one who propositions elderly men at church. This lady bought one of those new voice recognition phones and was anxious to make her first call without operator assistance. Here is what she wrote about her experience as she tried calling her house from the store. Home. I said into the microphone. Nothing happened. Then I realized, uh, maybe I wasn't using the right tune. So I stood there, just outside the entrance to the store, and said, Home! In a high, Home! In a low, Home! In a sweet voice, and eventually not-so-sweet tones. Still nothing, but I wasn't giving up. Before long, several people had gathered around with offers of transportation. Hey, maybe next time I won't even turn the phone on. I'll just go out there and yell home and choose my ride. Hannah, one of our more progressive seniors, purchased that new phone that can carry on a conversation with you. It's called Siri. She says the best part of Siri is that it will actually answer when you request to be beamed up by Scotty. Other than that, Hannah said she finds it to be pretty useless. For example, she asked Siri to call Panera Bread in Charleston. It kept saying there was no listing for Hanera. So she broke it down phonetically, pa to which Siri announced, Sorry, we have no listings for dating services. Hannah said she and her husband were in the car at the time. It's a good thing the windows were closed, she said, or he might have had to stop and help her look for Siri by the side of the road. Well, we can get pretty frustrated at times, but I think it's forgivable as long as we don't let it get the best of us. After her six-month eye exam, Olive's ophthalmologist told her there was nothing he could do for her. God did this to your eyes, he said. Now please leave, as I have other people waiting. So Olive pinched his nose and told him that God made her do that. Eight-year-old Brittany got her first long white cane. It not only helps her navigate through the halls at her school, but she says it also comes in really handy for whooping the boys who tease her. Uh, A little more training may be necessary for Brittany. And then funny things just seem to happen because of us and when they do, it's usually best that we keep our sense of humor. Patty sometimes has to close one eye to look at something close up. One day, her dentist numbed her for some work on a bad tooth. As he waited for the Novocaine to take effect, he saw her one closed eye and exclaimed, Oh no, I put your eye to sleep too! Patty thinks he seriously thought so, until she stopped laughing long enough to explain. Well, if nothing else, having poor vision provides us with plenty of excuses for bumbling through life, whether it's really due to our eyesight or not. You know, Mark Twain said that nothing can stand against the assault of laughter, and that includes vision loss, which is why I hope our stories have made you chuckle. And remember to smile often. It not only helps you to feel better, but it causes everyone around you to wonder what you've been up to. Well, I hope you've enjoyed these articles, both written by Dan Roberts from the MD Support website. They say the mission of MD Support website is to make it easy for people to educate themselves about vision loss and to meet the daily challenges resulting from it. This will not cure retinal disease, but has proven to help relieve the emotional trauma that often accompanies it. The website www.mdsupport.org, the eyes of the macular degeneration community. To end the program today, I have a quote for you to think about. A day without laughter is a day wasted. This was said by Charlie Chaplin, Actually, that would be Sir Charles Spencer Chaplin, an English comic actor, filmmaker, and composer who rose to fame during the silent film era. Do you remember his famous character, the Tramp? Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.